Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio with me, it feels like for a long time, James Muncie. Good morning. Good morning. It feels like for a long time because... I was in the studio this week right. for 24 hours straight doing a telethon to raise money to end fatherlessness, and I feel like I live here. Yeah, I, uh, well, you know, it's weird because I still, you still have, there's still like crumbs on the floor all around where you were sitting. I still smell it. Kind of this weird stench in the studio this morning. I still smell the yeah. gyms. I, yeah, but- I, I learned so many lessons with this gym, with, with this uh, first of all, don't consume a lot of Slim Jims in a confined space. That really, Tracy's laughing because yeah. she smelled it too. Like, yeah. I think it was wafting down the hallway. That was, that was like, it didn't bother me because I was eating them. Right. But I, I could see people's faces when they walked into the studio, mm-hmm. how awful mm-hmm. it was. That was, that was probably my number one. And number two, karaoke is a group sport. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of the karaoke. What was your favorite song? Did you, did you pick up on one and go, wow, that was magical? I never had that reaction to any of them. <laughs> as as no, odd as that I may sound. I didn't either. Yeah. I, I didn't either. Yeah, so for 24 hours. And, and the reason we're going to bring this up is because today's topic is about being in a state of flow or whatever you want to call it. And I know those of you that are listening right now, and I want to find out from you too, James, that when you're in this state where time doesn't matter, food doesn't matter, the rest of society in the earth doesn't matter. It's like reality just goes away. Mm-hmm. It's like you are just in the zone. That's yep. what I'm calling it, like in the zone. And recently, and um, I think when this, I can't remember when this book was written, but this guy wrote a book about flow. So everyone had a name for it now. Mm-hmm. It's called Flow. And I was in flow, man. I was in total flow. I'm not going to get into it right now. Shortly, I'm going to get into this story. And we're going to talk about you all and how, I think we have flow all wrong. I think people are chasing this eternal state of amazingness. Yeah. And we think we can just live a whole life of flow. And I just, it just it's, it's, phys- it's physically impossible. You it can't is. do it. It is. And I, boy, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. I'm, I'm totally with you. But the, the thing, I, I want to go back for one second to the, the, the marathon that you had in here for 24 yep. hours. So I just, I want to point out, so you, you were doing this for, to fight, fatherlessness mm-hmm. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And you you put out a very lofty goal of $10,000 combined uh, cash and in-kind mm-hmm. donations. Yep. And in the last minute, yes, it was. you reached It was your about goal, seven minutes left. Which so was we, awesome. So congratulations, thank you. man. Thank that you. is huge. It was. And that, that contributed to the flow. That contributed to this being, being at this level of ecstasy of accomplishing something Beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. I, clearly, I accomplished something for myself. I had set this goal to, and I'd committed to it. I sacrificed for it. I gave to it. But it was so far beyond me that that's what kept, that was my, that was my fuel. Yeah. My, and my fuel were people uh, tuning into this thing mm-hmm. and, and, and coming in at the last second, literally, for 23 hours and 53 minutes. I, I started with nothing. And ended up hitting that goal with seven. It's 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 the three pointer at the buzzer. Yeah, it's what it's what most of us never get to experience in our life. I mean, we watch these these types of endings from afar, 
And by far, one of my favorite moments was at the very end, because we did so much karaoke. I, I, I haven't added it up, but I think we had like, um, um, hey, Tracy, if we could check, uh, they're saying there's no audio on Facebook. Um, that there was so much going on at the end because of all this karaoke. I thought, how am I going to end this show? Yeah. I rickrolled everybody at the very I end. Saw. I, I saw. I rickrolled the entire world at the end. Right. Of this particular marathon, telethon. I kept calling it a marathon too, by accident. Yeah. Well, telethon, marathon, telethon it was marathon. a marathon telethon. How's that? It was. And um, uh, I feel like we need to have another show now on this whole topic of fatherlessness. Yeah. Because for a year now, we've been um, essentially kind of weaving parenthood mm-hmm. um, into being a great person because the whole topic of great people and being great is about doing great for others. And if you, if you're and and so if you're a parent, I think it's pretty obvious that that's a focal point. But one of the things we talked about a lot in the telethon is father, um, excuse me, being a father figure is not necessarily being a dad. Absolutely. It's not even necessarily being a man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people grow up without even knowing who their father is. Yeah. My so that, wife, my wife last spoke with her father when she was six years old. Really? Mm-hmm. I never, either I never knew that or I forgot that. Yep. And most likely I forgot that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is he still alive? He is. As far, yeah. As okay. As far as know. He so, was, yeah, the thing is, here's the thing. He was paying child support till he, till she was 21. Wow. Yeah. And, and the father figure there becomes hopefully someone else. It, and it did. Hopefully someone else steps in as the father figure. And, um, and let's face it, just for some folks, when they, when they step in and make that, make that commitment, um, they're not in that flow. Yeah. That, yeah. That's not, that's not their zone for whatever reason. It's a trav it's, it's a travesty in life really is, is what it turns into. So we just want to thank you all for being here, wherever you're listening to us right now, uh, live radio podcast, hopefully Facebook live here pretty soon. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey. Um, you can get every show on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. And today we're going to talk about being in the zone and what that really means. Um, let me talk a little bit first, uh, really about being in the zone in this telethon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, uh, as you have, James, I have, I have a lot of experience standing up in front of people, mm-hmm. uh, being in Dale Carnegie for 18 years. It wasn't always like this. Uh, I had to grow into that role and practice makes permanent and, put myself out there and I became more, I became more comfortable, almost complacent in, Hey, put me in front of a hundred people, a thousand people. Sure. I'll do it. Like nothing, Mm -hmm. just absolutely nothing. And, um, did that for gosh, let's see, 16 years, maybe 15 and a half years and got a chance to be on the radio. Right. Last June 1st. And I felt like it was all over again. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was taking all these skills and all these experiences and just restarting them in a completely different platform. And, and by the way, all this is in hindsight, as I've experienced this 24 hour telethon and went and and really did research on this topic. Now I'm realizing these different States that I was in when, when I did that first show on June the 1st, I was back in flow. I was Mm -hmm. back. Not shouldn't say back. I was in a zone that I'd never been before using the same talents that I had, but in a very completely different place. 
time went away. It went by like, like I blinked, Mm -hmm. blinked and it was over. And every, and this isn't a bad thing, but ever since that first show, being in the zone or that flow has slowly decreased as I've become more comfortable being here an hour a week. And so the point here is I had to come down off the mountain of transfiguration. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about what this, what this flow is all about, what the Mount of Transfiguration is all about, and what we can do differently. So don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. We are in flow. Our audio on Facebook Live has not been in flow until now, though. <laughs> so we apologize about that. When I was in the studio here for 24 hours, I just freaking broke it. Yeah. I, I I broke the internet while being in in the in the studio. So, so when I so when I came in, uh, so we're talking about flow, being in that zone of being somewhere where um, time doesn't matter, food doesn't matter, other people don't matter, uh, and then you don't matter. Like it's like literally being Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Like everything kind of just like ripples around you, right? Bullets go in slow motion. Uh, actually, I have a quote. Uh, I don't know if you're a big base or excuse me, big basketball fan, uh, but. Bill Russell. This one of my, I remember reading about this years ago. Bill Russell said because he was with the Celtics, it was almost as if we were playing in slow motion during those spells. I could almost sense how the next play would develop and where the next shot would be taken. Just mm-hmm. imagine being in your life where you were such in such in flow in the zone that mm-hmm. everything around you just moved slow while you moved at regular speed. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. So, um, so I came in here and did, and did this telethon. Didn't know what to expect. I have I've done this. I've just never done it this long. And I was really concerned. like, what happens after mid? Because I normally go to bed at like 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Right. What does my body start to do when I don't go to bed? Mm-hmm. And, of course, we were doing karaoke. That tends to keep you a little excited. And then I got even, then I gave it more scared. Like, okay, so now I'm exuding even more energy than I normally would. Right. Doing something that I don't do karaoke. Am I going to crash even harder now? And I didn't. In fact, dude, like I gained momentum. Mm-hmm. Like and people were people were sending me messages. How are you keeping your voice right now? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It was it was truly an experience of mind over matter. I'd never ever ever experienced something like this for this period of time. I mean, it lasted all through the night. So then of course I'm thinking, well, I'm certainly gonna crash at some point. My low moment was at 10 a.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. So from 5 p.m. to 10 a.m. I was, and you know why? It's because I started to sit more. Uh, and yeah. I realized I got to stay, I got to, I got to stay standing. So there was a physical thing that was happening to me mm-hmm. and it kept getting better and better and better. And I've never experienced flow like that before. What about you? You, you, you do a lot of overnighters in the fire department on your volunteerism. Like how, how does that, how does that work? Especially whenever you're in these incredibly intense situations at like four in the morning after maybe you haven't slept. Because, so I think that we get in the zone to the degree that you're talking about, usually for one of two reasons. Okay. And usually being the keyword, either because it's not something that we do all the time, or maybe it's something we've never done. And it's something that is incredibly exciting to us. Like the first time you just said, it's the first time you've ever done anything like that. It was a Mm -hmm. telethon. You'd never done anything like it. It was hugely exciting. If you were to do that on a weekly or even a monthly basis, you would not find the level True. what you found the other the other day. 
So that's one reason, one way that we get into the zone when it's just new Practice. and exciting and it's just, you know, we're, we're, we're jazzed about it. Now, is there an element of this whenever you're, because it's not like most of us where we really expect what we're going to do that day in, in the fire service, like anything can happen any moment and it could be so, like a, 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 clearly a building you've never been in or like there's so many different variables happening. Doesn't that create some sort of a new stimulant to it? Well, yes and no. So that brings me to the second okay. reason we get in the zone. The, the second reason we get in the zone is out of absolute necessity. Ah, and yep. so there's a big difference. You know, you want to relate it to the fire service. There's a big difference between that fire at three o'clock in the morning where lives are at stake, where there's a million variables going on. In that situation, I would say everybody is is in the zone. Okay. You know, time kind of takes a whole nother meaning. Yep. And you're just laser focused because it's it's obviously it's life and death. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you one of the things that we got last night when I was there at about three o'clock this morning <laughs> was a uh, a seventy some year old woman had locked herself out of her house. Don't ask me why. At she, three in the morning. Don't don't okay. even ask. I won't. So the call at that hour to go help somebody who's locked themselves out of the house. I can tell you, nobody on the fire engine was in the zone going <laughs> to that call. Now we got there. We were friendly. We helped right. her. You know, and it was right. fine. But there's a huge difference, right? Between, Back to your necessity thing, yeah. right? I don't need to be on game right now. I don't need to be in at that level. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're all exhausted. So I think necessity plays a big role. So I think that, you know, you talk about the fire department, what, what kind of a call is it we're going to, that is going to, you know, determine how much we're in that zone. And Mm -hmm. then for what you did, is it something new and exciting? And it's just like you said about the radio, JJ, it was doing this show those first few times. Yeah you were totally in the zone and I look forward to coming. I mean, it's for both of us, it's an hour and a half round trip just to come to the studio to do the show. Yeah. I love it. But like you said, it's different after you've been doing it for so long. It is. And and this could be a really big problem in our society is that we're looking for that stimulant in our work every day. Yeah. And uh, to get just a little biblical here on you, this comes back to a story in the Bible about the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus takes... Uh, Peter, John, and James up a mountain, and they see an image of Moses and Elijah, and then God shows up, and they are like overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Yeah. But then what happens after that? They come down the mountain. That's right. And they're like, "Can we go back?" Nope. We can't. We we cannot live in mountaintop experiences. You just you wouldn't want to. Like you wouldn't be able to handle that. It would it would be way too much. And, yeah. and and that brings up another good point. So again, go back to the fire service of of the of the thousands of hours that I spend there on an annual basis. Yeah. I could count on two hands how many hours are spent intensely battling fires and yeah. operating in that zone. Take your basketball example. So these basketball stars, you were, you were reading about, you know, what happens during that game that, that time seems to freeze and all that. Yeah. The games, even though they, they play a lot of games in a season, those games, relatively speaking, are a fraction of their mm-hmm. time in that profession. During that time, when you've got thousands of cheering people, you've got the TV cameras on you, yep. you're in that must-do moment because you're in a competitive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But that's still, that's that's a small part of what they yeah, do. Foot, football's the same way. 
Yeah. The average football game, you run 70 plays. The average play time is seven seconds. And how many games in a season? Uh, what, 15 pro? Yeah. If not counting playoffs? So, and, and, and how long does a football game last? Like three or three hour, three or four hours? And you're only and on you're the field on half that time? Three minutes. Yeah. If you really think the action, the fully engaged action is about three minutes in a football game. Yeah. And, and I think what makes it tough is because we crave this, this, this feeling, this emotion, this, these chemicals that are going into our body that we get it and then we have to immediately let it go. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to let it go in a day, you know. And, and even for the 24 hours, I wasn't like that the whole time. And where I was most in my zone is when someone was here and we were, we were dialoguing about something. Whenever I didn't have somebody here, I was flat. Like, right. I really felt like I was just like, gosh, I, you start to second guess everything. It's like, yeah, do I want to quit early? Do I really want to be, you know, because you're, you're not, you're not there, yep. but you have to create that. You have to create that next level. And of course, at the very end, in the last few minutes, when I was really getting to the point where I realized, wow, I'm going to hit 10,000. Like, this is going to happen. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I've, I've got seven, 10 minutes left. I'm going to make this happen. Um, but we can't have that all the time. And so many books, so many resources, videos, all these things that you see, it's like how to create these things in your life. And then when you are very fortunate and blessed to get this and it goes away, we feel like we've lost something. Yeah. No, you haven't. That's, that's the way it is supposed to be. So before we go to the next break, I want to get just a little bit, just a smidgen into what little science has actually come up around this because I was fascinated by this, James. Have you heard of this guy? Um, it's pronounced um, Cheek, uh, Cheek Sent Me High. Is, uh, I, I, I don't know where he's from. I don't know what language that is. Yeah, surprisingly, I've never heard of him. Um, yeah, I, I can barely even pronounce his name. But he's the one that really start, started to discover flow, if you want to call it that. It's like kind of discovering water. I don't know who first discovered water, but I know it wasn't a fish, Yeah, right? Because these are the things that we've experienced and done. Someone just did enough research to start to put some some framework around this that the, the flow, the being in the zone, I don't want to call it flow anymore. I know it's around flow, but I think more people can relate to like being in the zone mm-hmm. because we talk about that or mm-hmm. that mountaintop experience that you get. It's whenever you are at your your peak on maximizing your skill level and maximizing the challenge that you're facing at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like everything that you have trained for your entire life is now pushing you to the limit. Someone running a marathon for the first time, mm-hmm. someone doing, you know, any kind of a physical endurance event is, is that is trained for it is going to experience being in the zone. That's the ultimate flow. What's the opposite of that is complete apathy. Mm. Now, uh, I think most, I'm going to ask you, do you think most people stay in a level of apathy of all these, of all these areas most of the time? Like apathy is kind of our, uh, not maybe mine and yours, but just the average person. That's where they spend most of their time is in apathy. I think, I think, yes, I would, I would agree that most people tend to be there. Apathy, worry is, is, you know, I see going up this chart, apathy, worry, and anxiety. Mm. I think that those are the three places on here that most people live in most of the time. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, And and what James is referring to, since this is an audio program, we'll just walk you through it. Uh, if you're looking at an axis where skill is on the on the X, 
Am I saying that? Is that yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, skills on the X mm-hmm. and challenges on the Y. Sorry, it's been a while since I did geometry. Uh, apathy has got that low skill level, low challenge level. Like you're just, you just don't care. You yep. just don't care. I think a lot of people end up finding themselves in a situation where you just don't care enough. And then as the challenge goes up, you start to, you start to acquire more worry mm-hmm. because your skills haven't compensated for that. Right. And then you get high anxiety because your skill, the challenge has gone up even higher, but your skill hasn't. Well, once you develop the skill at that high challenge level, you start to get into an arousal phase and then you get into flow. Um, and then actually swings the other way. I think I find myself, if, if you're looking at a high skill, low challenge, that's when you get into relaxation and boredom. Yeah, I don't um, know much about those two. Yeah, we, we kind of wish sometimes but we could be most, a little bored. Most people, I think, turn around when they hit anxiety. Totally. And we'll talk about that more, I hope, after the break. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's exactly where we all go, right? We, we get to that worry phase. We keep going. Now we build anxiety. Yeah. And instead of continuing where we might hit that flow, we quit. We quit. And, folks, we're going to talk about how not to quit, how to get into <laughs> that flow quitting. zone. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Great People Show. So we went, let's start to convert this conversation from talking just about flow and being in the zone. One of the things that I realized, both in what I experienced with the telethon and learning more about flow and all these other things, Mm -hmm. is that if you are unsure about your calling and your purpose, I think these moments of being in the zone, James, start to verify this is what you're supposed to be doing more of. Because your your entire, like my entire soul was just lined up with this thing. And when I felt that, like being being in the radio studio early on and these other things, they were like markers on the road. Yeah. For me. And I, and I didn't, Maybe because I had 24 hours to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what this all means. And actually for me, it goes back to um, being in a family situation where fatherless was a part of my growing up. My, my dad was there, but he wasn't, he wasn't present m- m- a lot. So it's like, wow, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like this just all lines up. And, yep. it, and I didn't realize it until this week that this is yet another piece of that process of figuring out, is this what I'm called to do or not? I think that the percentage of people who experience that on a regular basis, as we were talking about sort of before the break, is extremely low. Extremely. And I think that even when you do feel it, it tends to be a fleeting moment. Mm-hmm. And it tends... Not to last. So what does that tell us? What does that tell you? I mean, it's like you said, even here with the radio show, I mean, you know, we love doing it. It has gotten to be less, you know, the zone is different now than it was when the show was brand new. And it's like that with practically anything. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, take, you know, we talked about the fire service. I mean, you know, when I first started, I mean, anytime you got into that fire engine, it was, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> one thing you told to me whenever we went on that call, you said, you know, JJ, one thing that never gets old are the, is, is, are the lights and sirens. <laughs> it gets old at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but, but my moment being in that fire truck yeah. for the first time ever while that's happening to even think that I was experiencing what you've been experiencing for years 
was mind-boggling. And I got to tell you, man, after that experience, I left that wondering if I should, if this is something I should pursue more of because when I was with y'all, I felt like I was in the zone, not because I was doing, I was just watching. Yeah. So what about being in the zone when you're not even participating? Let me ask you a question. What's the difference between being in the zone and having an adrenaline rush? Oh, well. Because they can feel pretty similar. Yes. A lot of people just chase adrenaline. I mean, being in the zone, having that adrenaline, you know, flowing through your veins. um, I don't know. It's. It's a euphoria. Yeah. The word, uh, another word I I saw show up a lot while reading about this was ecstasy. Like achieving a moment of ecstasy of just, you're, you're doing, you're just at at this, at this point where nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of the Metallica song we sang here um, on, on karaoke that nothing else matters. And is that a, is that a good thing? Because you can't stay in a state where nothing else matters. No, come here. You you've got to go back home. Right. You, you've got to get back to your family. You got to back, get back to work. You got to call people back. You have to do paperwork. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to get back to reality. But do we chase? Are we chasing that moment? You're talking. Are we chasing the adrenaline rush? A lot of people are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people of certain personality types zone, are. Though. Well, that, but that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's being able to to know the difference. You know, to me, the zone includes feeling ultimate fulfillment mm-hmm. in that moment, in whatever you're doing. Not only, you know, really just feeling that flow, feeling that zone, but feeling just complete fulfillment in your life yeah. with what you're doing there. And I think that's probably one good way to judge, you know, what's going on. Is is this just exciting or yeah. is this is this the real deal? This uh this Mr. Uh, Cheek sent me high. Yep. Um talks about happiness mm-hmm. like the measuring stick for flow is happiness which i get it that's that's how we that's we, there's so much just so much stuff that we chase we want to be happy i just want to yeah. be ha- i want to be happy in this relationship i want to be happy in this job i want to be happy doing this i get it but man that's like to me not even scratching the surface to being in the zone and having and having flow yeah. and being able to experience that how do we how do we even start that process to your point, it's so rare, you're probably not going to get lucky and accidentally stumble into it. Some do. Some people, especially early in their life, somewhere or another, they just tripped and fell right into this calling thing This and, and they get into the zone. You probably have met some folks in the fire service where they wanted to be a firefighter their entire life and they started doing it as early as they could and it, they turned it into a career and then they were in the fire service for like 50 years. And, sure. And... I would love, actually, that would be a fantastic interview to do is to talk to that person and be like, how often do you, did you experience these real mountaintop, ex, have these mountaintop experiences? Because when someone gets to the end of their life and you start to really think about what were the peak moments, there's only going to be a few. Yep. You can't remember, especially towards the end of your life, but you, you, you won't be able to really recall the details of these things. Like these are the, the peak moments most likely related to what was most important to you and at some point we need to convert this conversation over is, are we trying to explain, are we trying to explain spirituality with science? Because how much of this is actually spiritual experiences? You know, some people believe in God, some don't. So they'll define spirituality differently. Other people will say, this is part of God reaching out to me to help me see what he wants me to do. And, uh, you know, there's so many different facets to this for different, different people. 
because it can become a very, very self-indulgent moment. It can. Very. Yep. And, and you can put people other out or push people out of the way, you know, chasing this. Yeah. And is it, it's not, we've been relating it a lot in the, in the last half hour here to people's career. Yep. But folks, this is not all about your career. It's mm-hmm. about your family. Mm-hmm. You can be in the zone if if you have a family, if you ha- if you're married, if you have kids, or if you're not married but you have kids, whatever your situation is. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this little device in my hand here, for <laughs> those of you listening on the radio, it's 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 my iPhone. This thing is like a dam in your flow. <laughs> And damn that flow, and this uh, <laughs> this will screw it up because for all of us mm-hmm. who have, if you sit in a restaurant and you see that family having dinner together, but all four of them, or if just the two parents, are staring at their phones, if you are experiencing your life distracted by this technology, you are missing out on these zone experiences. Mm-hmm. It can happen at the dinner table, folks. It can happen in all different places. And if you haven't opened yourself up to truly living in the moment and taking in what is happening right in front of you because you're too busy staring at a screen, yep, you ain't going to get there. This just triggered a thought that being in the zone and flow may not even be what you want to do. Mm-hmm. This could be something based on what you are meant to do. Flow doesn't have to be this amazing, positive experience. You might be called to go do something in need that such tremendous amount of focus to something that you find yourself on top of the mountain. Mm. And you could easily ask yourself, why am I here? And come back from that experience and still not know why you were there. But then a year later, five years later, 10 years later, if you're a very self-aware person, you could say, that's why I was there. Yeah. And we're not talking about just straight, like positive, um, all good, everything's great in the zone experiences. Because many people were given gifts and talents, situations put in very specific places and, and have this moment of utter solitude of just nothing else exists right now because I'm a vehicle. I'm just a vessel and not actually be happy about it. Yeah. I mean, going back to the fire service thing, you know, some of these situations you're in, you're, it's not, they're not positive experiences. No, you know, it's something's burning down. People's lives are at stake. Maybe someone dies. (laughs) That's not, that's not good. It's not, but you're being called. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're often there in, in somebody's worst moment. And Ooh, yeah. I, I think that the way that that most 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 of the people in my position would look at it is we're there to try to make a bad situation as better as we can. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean you're you're I mean somebody's house is burning down, somebody's you know having a, car, a heart attack or a yeah. stroke or something like that. Um, these are these are horrible life changing moments for these people. And you know another horrible life-changing moment? We have to take a break. It's a shame. Yeah. So uh, when we come back, we're going to focus the rest of the show on how to get into the flow, the zoning, the, the zoning, how to get into the flow, the zone to meet your calling. 
Don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. So how do we get in the zone? How do we get into flow? Good, good question. Uh, I've got a nice little list here. First thing you need to be aware of is it's only going to, the beginning, it's irony that we end up very much being like in our comfort zone, like being in flow. Yeah. It's like the ultimate comfort zone, but you actually have to get way out of your comfort zone to get into that comfort zone. Like you can't just hang out where you're at in that boredom, apathy state, and then all of a sudden just be in flow, be in zone. It's not going to happen that way. So you have to be very, very aware and acknowledge exactly where you're at and why you're where you're at. What does your current reality look like? And you can't, I put this on social media this week, you cannot complain your way into happiness. Amen. You just can't, you just can't, you just, there's no way to get from here to there. Those things just don't exist. So you have to be very, very, very conscious of where you're at. And what are you good at? I mean, I've always had trouble talking about my strengths, but at the end of the day, James, at some point you got to say, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I need to go do something more with that. I think most people get very stuck on that. Well, they do. Or people might say, you know, I want to do something good with that, but I don't have the time because I can't make a, a good living with that. The side gig, right? Yeah, it's you know, I mean, I'm I've I've got my career, I've got my family, and this thing, this gift, this mm-hmm. thing that I feel in the zone, I can't provide for my family with that. Yeah, and they and and if you've never experienced this, most people, I think, most of you are very unsure if you've ever been in the zone, if you've ever experienced flow before, if you've ever had these mountaintop experiences, or you're deceived by what James said earlier is they're really just adrenaline rushes. Yeah. They, they really have nothing to do with what your true gifts are and what your true calling is. And that's the next step in this is to be so reflective in your life is to really go back in time and say, when have I done this? When have I felt this? When have I been there? And it was really legit. Even if it just happened for a blink of an eye, what was the situation when that occurred? And in a way, we're, we're kind of looking at replicating that. Not really, but kind of. And, because, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because we don't want to replicate things in our life. We think the only way to get to that ultimate level is to go do something completely different. Yeah. Or to go, go, 180, or, you know, go 180, just go just a completely different direction. Or maybe go 90 would probably be a better analogy. We forget that everything that we've done up to this point will lead us to where we need to go next. Yes. We want to, I don't know why y'all want to forget about this. I understand you, you've had some things in your past you want to forget about. Those are most likely the things that will lead you to where you're supposed to go and get you to that zone. My personal example is of that. I, I spent a majority of my early years in a really tough relationship with my dad which led me into wanting to help people in Dale Carnegie, which led me to being on the radio to help more people, which led me to now ignite this fatherlessness thing on the telethon. Like Mm -hmm. it all has to do with everything. At any moment, if I would have decided, hey, James, I want to be a firefighter, something like that just doesn't necessarily meld with my path. Like because I would have been chasing an experience based on adrenaline and newness and excitement. Uh, I've gotten to the point now where if I feel like chasing something, I'm asking myself, is this part of my core Mm -hmm. or is this just a fad for me 
in my head. And I think a lot of y'all do that with relationships. You chase things that are bad for you because you're looking for the hit. You're looking for the rush. And you know they're bad. And sometimes it's you're looking for the hit, you're looking for the rush. Sometimes it's just because it's easy. It's, it's the yeah. easy way. None, nothing we're talking about is easy. Yeah. Like if that, that's the other um, validator on this. If it's easy, it's probably not. It's probably not. I mean, believe it or not, and that sounds maybe contradictory, but the thing that you're probably called to do is probably something that is incredibly difficult for you to do. That's right. Or and, overcome, maybe. And one of my favorite shows that we've done was where we discussed complacency and how complacency is mm-hmm. where most of us live and where most apathy. of us are very happy. That apathy. That's right. On, on this uh, Cheek Sent Me High chart, apathy and boredom and relaxation, uh, people think being in the zone, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in the zone is me being on vacation. <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, dude, that's getting rest from the zone. Because when you get back, you need to get back into that flow. Um, here's another big thing. It doesn't have to be your job. You can't stay in the zone in your job all the time. No. It's exhausting. And it's probably not even real. Like, I couldn't do what I did. I can't do what I do all the time and expect it to be mountaintop experience. It's just, it's... It's not supposed to be that way. So if if you're not experiencing that in your job, maybe you need to switch jobs, but I'm going to challenge you to say maybe that's not it. Maybe you're supposed to spend your time outside of your job to go do something that's immensely more important than what you do for work. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm just saying there might be something that you are gifted for that's challenging for you. I know someone that um, she was really passionate about um, make a wish, make yeah. a wish foundation. And it was a challenge for her to go and do this, but the reward for her being in the zone with those children. And it's very, it, it was so, so much more powerful than any uncomfortable feeling she could get by having to put herself out there in those, in those things. And maybe your thing isn't public speaking or putting yourself, maybe it's supporting someone else. But in, in any case, we have to initiate that to see what's out there for us that we're supposed to I, I did not know a year ago that I even would be in a situation to do a freaking telethon this week. Right. It, w- it wasn't even on my radar two months ago. Exactly. And we have to live in the world of reality, JJ. I mean, <laughs> you no. know, my, my job, I work in, I work in mergers and acquisitions, right? It's uh, I, I like my job. I think Sexy. I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. It's not a place that I'm, I would regularly <laughs> describe myself as in the zone, right? But it enables me, it enables me to do this radio show. It enables me to go and work with the fire department Yeah, that I, I can't afford to work for the fire department full time. Your job I mean, you run an awesome business. Again, it's peaks and valleys, right? But it enables you and it has led you to doing things like this. So, yeah, you absolutely have to look beyond your career. Mm -hmm. I bet in your job on this chart, you probably hang out in that control level a lot because a lot. You're, you're at the peak of your competency. There's probably very little things that challenge you anymore in that, excuse me, um, that you haven't yet learned to do. Yep. I mean, you pretty much have seen it all, kind of done it all. Every once in a while, a little challenge will come up on something that perhaps looks almost impossible or improbable. So, But you've got that total control. That's not flow, folks. Like, if you're in total control of your life, you're not done. Mm-hmm. If you are in total control and everything is like, 
almost on autopilot. You should be you should be ready for more. And the only thing that is going to get you more is challenge. You have to find a way to embrace more challenge in your life. And the you know, ultimate is not control and relaxation. That's not the goal. No. That's you, the pit stop. You've got to do more. I mean, shoot, where you where did we meet, JJ? You and I met Rotary. at Rotary. I remember by the way, I remember the very first Rotary meeting where I met you. I do as well. Mm-hmm. That Rotary was a way for both you and I to go. I mean, Rotary's slogan is service above self. Mm -hmm. And Rotary was a way that you and I both went to challenge ourselves, to find new paths, to find new outlets, to find new ways to get into the flow. And Rotary is what led me to the fire service. Rotary is what led me to be sitting here with you right now. And you know what? Neither of us are in Rotary anymore. Nope. It led us to things, and, and again, it was part of our journey, which goes back to what you were saying a minute ago, that, that you know, it's all, it's all part of the path. Yeah, and the dominoes. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so you never know, but find ways to challenge yourself. And, and Rotary, I'll tell you what, that was one fantastic example that certainly changed my life. And I think it's a great analogy to how we challenge ourselves and how we find the flow. How do we find the calling? It only happens when you connect yourself to other people. Mm. You are not ever going to grow into the person that you were designed to be by sitting at home, reading books, playing on your phone. It's not going to happen. We have to be connected to other people to introduce ourselves to a new us, a new thing, a new idea. Uh, How many times have you ever had someone say, you know, you ought to come and do this. And your first reaction was, I really don't want to. I really don't want to. I really don't want to. And then you end up going there and you go, wow, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Because you were being nice and you were getting out of your comfort zone. You have to get pretty far out of your comfort zone in order to find this new comfort zone. Because the comfort zone you're in now, this control zone, actually... Um, we're kind of talking about two things, right? We're talking about a comfort zone and we're talking about a control zone. And people, y'all love control. I know you, I like control. That's a pit stop. Mm-hmm. Being in control is a pit stop to why you were put on this earth. I've said this so many times. You were born into greatness. That greatness is fulfilling your calling here in, in life. And it has to do with everything except you. Mm-hmm. It has to do with everything except you. I wasn't here for 24 hours for publicity. I wasn't here because I wanted to just see if I could stay awake for 24. I could do that in the, in, in the comfort of my own home. I came here to raise money to support the Relationship Foundation to end fatherlessness because nobody on this planet deserves to grow up without a father figure, mm-hmm. period. I mean, that's just, that. it's unnecessary, so find that cause. What is it? And, and most likely that cause that you are supposed to chase and be a part of somehow has a lot to do with everything you've been up, been through up to this point and probably a lot of the mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just think of the messiest things you've ever been through in your life. That's probably what you need to find a way to spend more time on to get into this flow. You will be amazed when you get there. Yep. I mean, you never know where the journey is going to lead. I'm going to be interested with you to see where this whole fatherlessness. Yeah, me too. 
you know where this where this takes you because I have a feeling that uh, I have a feeling that that your involvement with this is is just beginning. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Again, you don't know where else it'll lead, folks. And and I think back to the Jim Carrey movie, uh, Yes Man. You see that one? He had to say <laughs> yes to every oh, opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. came to him. And yeah. uh, you know, I mean, of course, the movie is a huge exaggeration, and I would certainly <laughs> not be a proponent of doing that. Yeah, but it led him on a path that for things he had never considered before. Mm-hmm. And you really have to confront the reality of, of who you are yeah, and who you're supposed to be coming to realize this could be a very painful journey you go on, but it was what you were designed to do. Uh, by the way, I should add, if you want to donate to the fatherless cause, uh, the website is bigdaddyjj.org. That'll get you, uh, that, that'll give you the abilities to donate. We want you to come out to our event at Richmond Raceway on September 29th. We're going to have a good old time. So. Yeah. We want to thank you all for being here, for letting us be a part of your journey. My challenge for you today is look for that one thing that you were designed to do and get out of your comfort zone to go do it because it's not going to come to you folks. And once you do it, you will be an amazing blessing to all the people around you. Thanks, James, for being here. We'll see you next week, folks. See you later. Where'd you wanna go?